Thanks for joining us. We've got serial entrepreneur and one of the founders of Mate Fertility and Go Ventures, Oliver Bogner, with us today. Oliver, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, Oliver, tell us a little bit about uh, your history and, and uh, CPG. And you, I feel like you founded uh, pretty much 47% of all brands in existence. So <laughs> tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, you and I have known each other for a while now, back back to my days <laughs> as, as CEO of, of Brandable. You know, we, we definitely have, have built and scaled some really exciting things that I'm really proud of. Uh, so I've been in the wild world of consumer packaged goods since 2015. Before that, I spent most of my career actually in reality television. So I was part of the development team that helped launch shows like Catfish on MTV, uh, created and executive produced like 300 hours of reality television spanning my five wives on TLC to the boonies on National Geographic Channel, which I just saw is currently trending on Hulu. Uh, so a whole crazy gamut of reality television shows sold that business to a subsidiary of Discovery Communications back in 2015 and then started uh, my business Brandable at the time. And at Brandable, we scaled a number of consumer product brands uh, spanning personal care and food, which is why you and I cross paths. Uh, we've since you know, exited a number of those brands, and I left that business in 2019, uh, started my own agency, uh, Go Ventures, with a number of other really, really awesome CPG folks. And then I'm also co-founder and CEO with my younger brother of, a, of another business called Mate Fertility. That's a lot, man. The resume, um, resume is a few pages, huh? It's, it's been an adventure. Life has been an adventure. So, um, Tell me about how you went from reality to CPG. I'd love to know how that happened. Yeah, so reality television is all about storytelling, right? So, you know, if you, if you look at, and, and it's storytelling in a very kind of direct sense, right? So reality television, there's a million different channels to watch. You've got to figure out how to cap capture someone's attention as they're channel surfing and you've got to figure out how to hold them. So, so oddly similar to consumer package goods, right? You have to like mm -hmm. get someone's attention to buy a product when it's on the shelf or in one of your, you know, many, many Facebook or Instagram ads that you're seeing, you've got to convince them to try the product and then you have to get them to repeat. So in, in television, it's all about storytelling. I, I kind of use this in, internally. We say, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. How do you, tell a story to a customer? How do you tell a story to a viewer and, and, you know, really kind of clearly convey what that, that, that message or that product or that piece of content is. Yeah. When you say something similar, uh, it's uh kiss of keep it simple friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That's cool. um, but, uh, so in, in your past, you did something that fascinates me and you see it kind of a lot these days with Max Tuning and his sour strips and several other, you know, um, I think Heidi Summers has the Buff Bunny collection. I find it amazing that some of the more successful influencers are not doing brand partnerships. They're creating their own brands. Can you tell me more about how that was conceived in your mind and, and how you leveraged it to build your brands and exit? 
Yeah, so I think we were definitely one of the first players in the space. Uh, when I started Brandable back in 2015, I kind of saw this this trend happening, and it came kind of very organically to me in that these huge social media influencers had ginormous and dedicated audiences, and that people were becoming well-known and well-respected, not just for being famous, but also for like some sort of expertise. So one of one of the more uh, you know, exciting brands that I created in my time as CEO and, and founder of Brandable was a brand called Craft City by Karina Garcia. And that, that turned into a monstrous kids crafting business for us and a, and a huge business across Target, Walmart, CVS, every major retailer in the country. And we took Karina Garcia, who is the number one crafting DIYer in the world on YouTube, and we built and scaled a tremendous crafting business. Uh, with her really as our our founder and visionary and, and face and uh, of the business. I love it. Uh, and how did you, so you obviously, you had to have had some sort of context or you had the strategy built out. But what I, what I really love is not only did you take the influencer and they have their own social proof built in, she's the number one DIY craft, uh, you know, influencer there is, and now she has her own products. How did you take that? and bridge the gap between the online presence and drive trial and purchases in retail? Well, let's talk about social proof, right? Social proof is one of my favorite words. And I, and I tell every brand I work with, I tell my teams across go and, and I, I tell my team at, at Mate Fertility this every, every day, it's all about social proof, right? The, the customer has to have a really good experience with you, right? No matter what you're selling, no matter what you're, you're, you're putting out of the universe, the, the, the end user has to have a great experience that has to generate buzz and momentum, you know, across press and people talking about you and influencers talking about you and reviews. And that's why, you know, I, I see this at Go, like we'll take a business that has a, has a great Amazon presence, you know, 10, 15,000 positive five-star reviews and every retailer will immediately pick it up mm-hmm. because that social proof is right there, right in front of you. That social proof is there. Uh, so, so I don't know if I answered your question, but again, social proof is just a critical part. We saw that when it came to building the craft city business with Karina Garcia, because who, who better to create a kid's crafting business than the number one crafting DIYer in the world. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And this has been done time and time again. And, you know, some of the examples are kind of more, more relevant than others, but you know, I have a cold email to Kylie Jenner's management team back in 2014 where I, I wanted to do a makeup line with her. So wow. obviously I didn't get that deal. Mm-hmm. But like I, I this has been done. People have executed it very, very, very well. And it's going to continue to happen. Yeah, um, I think that it's it's going to be way more prevalent uh, in the very near future. Um, there's a few small pockets. One that is interesting to me is... Um, is the max tuning one and how, how well he's doing in target. Um, exciting, very exciting to see, you know, these folks, uh, owning, you know, their, their own kind of, uh, communities and not owning in that sort of way, but really, um, leveraging it. Very, very well, it cool. feels very authentic to the customers, mm-hmm. right? So like putting an influencer as a founder, as a face, uh, you know, this is their business, right? You know, if we talked about this 10 years ago, we'd go, okay, celebrities are, are, just creating content and on television shows and, you know, social media is becoming a thing. Uh, if you look at it today, their business is content and community and 
you know, what are you going to do? Sell them a t-shirt or you can actually sell them this kind of lifestyle that your brand, that your brand plays a role in. Yeah. Very cool too, because even though it's candy and sugar, um, I believe, you know, max tuning and those folks are, uh, if it fits your macro. So as long as they could fit that in their daily macros, it's, it's not like a, a cheap thing. So, um, I just think a pride in authorship is so important. Yeah. So for us, we always, when, when I was running brandable, we always really wanted to align with influencers that have total pride in authorship. So they really care about the product that we're putting out there. They genuinely want to be involved in, in a lot of the kind of key brand decisions. And I think that, that the, the more authentic and honest an influencer created brand can be the, the more successful it'll, it'll become. Yeah. 100%. Um, we, uh, so back at quest, uh, some of my, obviously, I don't know if the, the audience knows, but I, I started my career at quest nutrition. Um, my friend Yoni and, and Mike Curtis, um, they had this saying with influencers called, um, if you show influencers love, they'll show you love in return. If you ask them for love, they'll ask you for money in return. So I think enough brands kind of spoiled it for everyone where these influencers were like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to own my channels and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this authenticity to an actual product. And it's good to see that happening. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I think, I think that I read some stat and I, I don't want to misquote the stat, but there's like an insane number of people on Instagram that have over a million followers. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, I, I mean, I literally, I think the number is like well over, you know, 5 million people have over a million followers on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And I, and I know where I heard the stat, but I, I don't know what the actual stat is. It was on the HBO max documentary, the, the, the fake influencer one where they, oh, they, kind of cre- they created three fake influencers I've, and got them brand deals. I've got to watch that because fake influencers has been a very costly thing, not only for me personally, but um, in the past with several brands I've worked with and just, you know, in, in my network where there are some really cool tools right now. We used to use one um, last year called clear the K and what that would do is pull up basically every influencer's house file or like, you know, what their, their distribution of followers are across different channels. And then it would also show you on a scale of like was, was one to three, um, how many of them are real and, and where, what the distribution is across geographies. So for me, um, one thing we look at when we're growing social or, you know, it's a little bit tougher these days based on the new algorithm, but is the, the distribution and the ratio of, of followers. You know, we have one brand that started out with 18% US based followers and they can only ship to the United States. So any followers outside of that aren't really potential customers, um, at least for years. And what we did was basically the dis- the displacement of those followers, where now it's 93% US based followers and who we're speaking to and what we're posting um, has the opportunity to ultimately become a purchase. And I don't really look at huge numbers. I look at you know, net new for me is net new U.S. followers. If it's a U.S. based company, um, or if it ships globally, then you know everything's fair game. But there's still some bots out there that you got to be careful of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you live and breathe this world every day, and you know, I, I, I I'm a previous happy customer when you did a lot of consulting work for us over at Brandable. Uh, but I mean, no one knows how to build a kind of more engaged community than than you. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Um, Hey, so let's segue into um, the the post brandable world. I am curious how Go Ventures and Mate Fertility came up. Um, tell me more about how that started. 
Yeah, so Go Ventures was something that I, I, I founded with a, with a number of other kind of ex-brandable alumni. Uh, I left that business back in 2019 and, uh, you know, quickly kind of re, 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 reconnected with a lot of the sales team uh, that was, you know, working for me at Brandable. And we, we just said, hey, there's a really unique opportunity here to better serve emerging brands. I actually initially set up Go Ventures to be my personal family office to just invest and seed interesting brands. And then it kind of accidentally turned into another business. And now it's, you know, 30 plus people, 50 plus clients. We did $200 million in sales last year. And we are servicing, you know, the who's who of emerging brands and helping them scale their businesses across Walmart, Target, and every major retailer in the United States. Yeah, so that's Go Ventures. And it's, it's exciting and it's growing. And, you know, we, we constantly, you know, have, have wins across the board. And we're really excited about, about the momentum for our clients and, and a lot of our investments. And on the other side, I'm, I'm full-time CEO of Mate Fertility, which is a business that I, I created inspired by my, my significant other's you know, personal journey in the, in the fertility space. Uh, founded it with my, my younger brother. And we're, we're building up fertility clinics all across the country and trying to make infertility treatment a whole lot more accessible to a lot of people. That's amazing. Um, one, one seems like a natural progression of, um, working with the old sales team. And one seems like just a, a passion to, to work with your significant other, um, question on, on go ventures. I love how you position it as, um, almost a outsourced VP of sales, but you've got several of them. Um, has, has that been working for you? And, you know, to me, it's exciting. You work with some great brands, you're crushing it uh, on shelf. Um, what, what kind of sparked that? Yeah, so Go Ventures. When I when I was CEO of Brandable, I, I saw firsthand how kind of you know not aligned the brand was with their specific broker, right? And we worked with a lot of great brokers when we were scaling Brandable to you know the the, the heights that we were able to take it to, uh, but the brokers weren't always aligned on our growth trajectory, right? So maybe you'd have a Costco broker that would be focused only on what's right for Costco, or you'd have a Walmart broker that's focused only on what's right for Walmart, or you have a Whole Foods broker that's like telling you a whole bunch of other things. You have like an independent grocery broker that's trying to do a million things. So then you have, you know, a sales team that's trying to manage 10 different brokers with 10 completely different initiatives and different strategies, and then you're stuck with the brand to like try to make decisions. So mm. we've really positioned Go Ventures for most of our clients. We run the entire country for them. We're their one broker partner. Uh, and we really sit as quarterback for what is the right sales strategy. So if it's an emerging food brand or if it's an emerging beauty brand, or we even, you know, work with publicly traded companies, we run the the, the Coleman business, a lot, a lot of the, the Coleman camping business. So we have a wide range of clients. Uh, but if we we take an emerging brand, which is really our, our favorite client to work with, we love working with an emerging brand that maybe has a ton of momentum direct consumer. Maybe they have some really exciting regional momentum at a Whole Foods, or maybe they they just got kind of their 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 commitment from from a Wegmans or an HEB, and really kind of using that to set the right path for what the next one two three years looks like for them. So if you're doing really productively in Erewhon and you're killing it on Amazon, maybe the next people, you know, the, ne the next folks you should speak to are Whole Foods and we can run that Whole Foods relationship. Maybe we should go kind of set a top to top with Kehi 
and build that cakey relationship. Or if we want to go really big and it makes sense for the brand, let's go have a conversation with Walmart. And maybe Walmart's a year one play or maybe Walmart's a year two play. But for each brand, there's really a completely unique strategy that our team at Go Ventures can run. And that's because we have offices on the ground at every major retailer. So we've got a big office in Bentonville, a team on the ground in Minneapolis, team on the ground in Boise, Austin, Texas for Whole Foods, Chicago for, for, for Walgreens and Ulta. So we're really servicing a wide range of retailers. Do you, do you ever run into complications when you go into Walmart first in terms of pricing? I think every brand needs to think about Walmart day one. Ultimately, Walmart has in most categories 30 plus market share. So if you are going to be a brand selling products to Americans, you have to eventually have Walmart as a customer of yours. Unless you're going to go super premium. uh, But if you're like a food or consumable or you, you, Walmart's going to be a place where you have to sell to eventually. Mm-hmm. So I would always start with, even if you're not thinking about Walmart today, what is your Walmart pricing structure? Like yeah. if we're going to go to Walmart in two years, how are we going to price it at Walmart? And then that's going to inform our pricing strategy that we take it to distributors, that we take it to kind of gro- regional grocery players, that we take it kind of to the rest of the universe. Amazing. And then I'm obviously I'm not in, I'm not in sales marketing is my thing, but I do know that how you, um, how you strategize your pack out in these different places. Similar to if you go into big box, you're probably going or a club, you're, you're going like an 18 pack. If you're a protein bar, not a, a two or a four pack, right? That's how you break it down and make it make sense. I, I think every brand, like we, we tell every brand, even if you're not going to go into Walmart today, here's Walmart's vendor guide, because you should be set up from an operational standpoint to eventually ship Walmart correctly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, and then make fertility. Tell me, that, that seems very exciting to me. seems very needed. Um, what, what, are, what do you got going there and what are the plans for, you know, what's, what does next year look like for you? Yeah. So, you know, my, 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 my brain and my energy and one of my greatest takeaways from Brandable and one of the brands that I'm, I'm most proud of is the business we built with Queen V and, and Queen V is a business that, that was founded by my significant other. She's an incredible entrepreneur uh, she's, she's such a, a, a superstar and she, she built queen V from the ground up and, and it was recently acquired by, by Reckett Ben Kaiser, uh, who, you know, own KY lube and direct condoms and Lysol and a number of other brands. Mm-hmm. So really, really excited for, for that journey for her. She, she's, she's leading that business as global director of sexual wellness marketing inside of, of RB, uh, so both of us have really been in the women's health and wellness space for a long time. But uh, when she first kind of experienced her own infertility issues and us as a couple started experiencing them, uh, it, our eyes were kind of wide open by just how, how broken the fertility industry was and how, you know, we could fix it with a much better solution. Uh, so the problem with, with fertility today is roughly 20% of the population suffers from some sort of infertility issue. Uh, and is going to require some sort of infertility treatment to start their own family that does include the LGBTQ population. Uh, and the unfortunate reality is only 1.7% of the population today gets any sort of care. And that's because there's only 460 fertility clinics that are completely concentrated in top five markets. So what we're doing is we're trying to put a, we're trying to open a thousand fertility clinics in the next 10 years. And we're doing that by putting a fertility clinic in every 
city in America. Uh, we're opening up one of our first fully branded fertility clinics in Oklahoma City later this month, and we're continuing to open up a new clinic every single quarter. Wow. That's amazing, man. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And and not only is it, it, it available, so from a kind of, you know, parenthood, uh, you know, should, you know, the, the, the ability to become a parent should be determined by your neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we really believe. And we, we believe in our mission of fertility for all. We mean it. We believe fertility care should be accessible to anyone that needs it. So we're putting it in your neighborhood. Uh, but, but separately our, our pricing is anywhere from 40 to 50% uh, lower than the legacy fertility clinics. And that's really because kind of this old guard fertility clinic all these fertility clinic groups have been unfortunately rolled up by private equity firms over the last 10 years. And you know what happens when private equity kind of enters a category and really gets aggressive. The price is going to go up. It's not going to go down. That's wild. That's wild. Um, I want to, I want to go deeper into this one. Um, is there any direct consumer play for you with, with uh, Mate Fertility? Uh, 100% down the road. Yeah, we, we do see a path where we are going to build a, a very meaningful brand in the, the women's health and wellness and, and fertility space. We're just right now very, very focused on, on establishing kind of our, our foothold with, with a, a phenomenal customer experience throughout our, our chain of fertility clinics. Uh, but, but definitely, you know, in the, the two to three year horizon that follows, we'll, we'll be making a play, uh, you know, back into the world of, of uh, you know, health and wellness products. Incredible. You have uh, an awesome history of making things happen. Man. I look forward to watching this um, as it goes, not only Go Ventures, but also Make Fertility. Um, I think I think I want to transition into our rapid fire questions. What do you think? Cool. Let's do it. All right. I've I got a couple prepared for you today. These are always um, a little secret until the show happens. Um, first question. Uh, if you could pair any influencer with any product and launch a brand today, who and what would it be? That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I, I think if Michelle Obama wanted to come out with a beauty brand, it would really resonate with millions of Americans. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that could be really cool. You know, you s- just saw Alicia Keys launch a hair care brand with Ulta. I mean, but Michelle Obama is like the ultimate, you know, influencer expert. I mean, she's she's had an incredible career and, and legacy. And I and I think if if she were to say, this is my positioning, this is the brand I want to build and focus, it could be beauty, you know, she spent a lot of time in the white house focused on kind of better nutrition for kids. Maybe it's a food brand. I, I think it would take a lot of market share very quickly. Agreed. Agreed. Um, great answer. Uh, second question. Um, three CPG brands you admire challenger brands, challenger brands. Another good question. Uh, Smart Suites is on the top of my list. I, I I think they absolutely have crushed it and will continue to crush it. The the packaging is completely on point. They're in the right category. 
it needed to be disruptive. They have the right messaging. Uh, they're with the right retailers. And I, and I think that there's a long way for them to grow in terms of category expansion and, and kind of retailer expansion. So that, that's one of my favorites. Uh, another brand that I really admire, you know, of course, some of the challenger brands that, I, that I've been part of, I, I admire, but, but non, non-brands that I'm, I'm not affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really admire what, what Welly's done. You know, Welly launched at Target. It's from, you know, Eric Ryan, the founder of, of Method and Ollie. And he just finds these really sleepy categories to build a very, very disruptive brand in. And that's exactly what Welly did. I mean, what a, you can't pick a more boring category than first aid products. Mm-hmm. And the execution was just tremendous. And I, again, I think there's no end in sight. I think they just just expanded some distribution across CVS. I don't think they're in Walmart yet. Unilever just acquired a majority stake of it, uh, and I and I think they have a very, you know, long future ahead of them. And, and I and I love that brand because it's just a great great category to play in. It's big, big, big category, and you can really see how that could just be a billion dollar business in a couple of years. Uh trying to think of what else in the the household cleaning space you know we have a lot of household cleaning brands at, at go ventures so so we, we love a lot of our clients in that category i'm going to go after the the beauty the beauty space for a second i'm going to talk about uh kevin kevin gold's brand which is magnetic i don't know if you've seen that mm-hmm. it's the the lat the latchnetic brand so i'm going to give him a shout out uh mm-hmm. It's a really phenomenal positioning. It, it's just a a really, really good positioning. Uh, and it is a, a magnetic eyelash product, right? And they just executed it perfectly. It's, it's going into a category like eyelashes that has not been disrupted in a while, right? You have like these very old guard fake eyelash companies. Mm-hmm. And... They, they just attacked it in the, in the right way. So uh, Glamnetics, the brand, if anyone wants to look it up, Glamnetics. but it, it's just, it's just Glamnetic. It, it was just attacked in the right way. And like magnetic eyelashes make sense, right? They figured out how to put like a magnetic pigment in the thing you put on your eye before you apply the eyelash. So the eyelash sticks much, much more effectively than just traditional glue. Wow. Right. So that like slight tweak on innovation. And I used to say this in, <clears throat> when I was in television, it's all about slicing the onion in kind of a different way. That that's like a story that customers can really clearly understand. Right. You know, the thing every customer hates about putting eyelashes on is the glue is like a mess. Right. This solves that. Wow. So with that little piece of innovation, you can see how that can just really capture a lot of market share very quickly. Those are three good brands. Good I don't shots. know if anyone else has, has told you those brands, but no, no, those are, those are um, those are good. I haven't asked that question before. I asked that one specifically for you because you uh, have done a great job pairing influencers and building brands uh, all the way through exit. Um, well, my last question is more of uh, advice for the audience. Um, a lot of startup founders listen to this, and when is the appropriate time for them once they're seeing success online to start building out retail? Immediately. 
I mean, if, if you have a unique way that you have sliced the onion, right, and it's resonating, we should talk to retailers immediately. You should reach out to my team at GoVentures. They'll get back to you and, and set, set up kind of an introductory call. Uh, if you have figured out a unique way to slice the onion, you have to be the first one to tell the story to retailers because we, we live in a copycat world, right? And you probably see this, Vasa, you know, every brand, it's like, how do you decipher the difference between this brand and that brand? Because they all look the same and they're all basically trying to tell you the same thing. So it's like when it works and you know you've got a really, really good racehorse there, you, you should engage with retail immediately. Because even if a Whole Foods or a Target or a Walmart don't respond today, you really want to be the first person to tell the retailers this story from your point of view as a brand founder. Versus if you wait and there's a copycat, someone's going to tell that story before you. Yeah. Good call. And the final one is how do we help these uh, startup CPG founders? How do we reach you uh, for Go Ventures and how do we reach you even for Mate Fertility? Yeah, for sure. So I'm super, I'm always on LinkedIn. You can always, always add me on LinkedIn, message me on LinkedIn. If you're, if you're a startup brand and you want to talk to the Go Ventures team, we've got an exceptional business development team and we've got a team of, of now about a dozen uh, vice presidents of sales that, that will, you know, talk to the startup brand and figure out, you know, if it, if it makes sense and what the potential retail strategy could be. Uh, so you can reach us on our website, teamgoventures.com. Got it. And Oliver Bogner, B-O-G-N-E-R, uh, for those of you listening, looking to uh, send Oliver a, a DM on, on LinkedIn. Um, well, th that wraps it up for me, Oliver. I had a, a blast chatting with you. I appreciate you being on on the episode, and, and, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Bye, everybody. See we'll see you next later. time. Bye. Bye.